Hello and remain indoors. It's Keep Dancing 6. No, it's Keep Sewing Episode 6. And welcome to the Keep Dancing podcast, still pivoting to that sweet sewing content for the summer. Um, relaxations in lockdown regulations mean that we are now down to two podcasters. I'm your host, Ellie, and I'm joined by Meg. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Remain indoors. <laughs> ah, how, how's your week been? Have you been sewing anything? Um, no, sadly, except... I had to go back to work after two weeks of annual leave, so I've had to take the cutting table and put the sewing machine back on the windowsill so I can have my work set up again. Work, always getting in I the know. way of what you actually Could want be. to do. This, wasn't, this room wasn't really designed to be a office as well as a craft room and a spare room. <laughs> a situation has developed in my office craft yes. room, Etsy shop room. <laughs> Um, I have finally got round to... So I had a bag of t-shirts that had sort of gone at the armpit and were a little bit small, mm. but were still quite well loved. And I finally got round to making them into a nice little fleece black, fleece-backed blanket. Just Ooh, as temperatures nice. in Scotland hit 25 degrees. Um, <laughs> so. Well, I mean, I'm sure they won't stay at that for that long. <laughs> Yeah, so oh, yeah, in a I couple of get. days I will need my blanket again. Um, but yes, I... speaking of repurposing old bits of cloth, it's reduced, reuse and recycle week on the sewing bee. Now let's start with... Bomber jackets. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I am not a huge fan of the bomber jacket, just in general. I liked Esme's one though. Um, I recently bought a black silk embellished one. It looks a little bit sort of German uh, from Etsy. A nice bit of uh, bit of vintage shopping there. And I do like I like the sort of forgiving casualness of it. But sometimes when I zip it up, I have to sort of be careful that I don't just look sort of weird and shapeless. In it, you've got yeah, to be I careful think, what you're wearing on the bottom half. I think that's my issue with them is that that they're very much a sort of a man garment in that they they assume that you're going to be quite broad and sort of man shaped, <laughs> and if you're not, then it can be a bit. Uh, in my case, stay puff marshmallow man. Um, <laughs> Mm. It's also I'm quite scared of outerwear. It looked like a difficult sew. Mm. And and then to have to make it out of uh like different fabrics, like garments rather than choosing a one fabric that that you or two fabrics that you were going to work well together in advance. We did end <laughs> up with some quite good combinations though. Uh let's yes. go in our traditional way through uh like in ascending order of goodness. Uh P Peter with his 
I've I've written it down as Solero and a sort of a little sad smiley. <laughs> like I could uh. see what he was going for, but like I feel like he's found his pattern difficulty level and it's not one that includes stretch collar and coffin zips. No, but to be honest, he doesn't do well on the pattern challenges anyway. Pretty sure he's had a hat trick. That is true. Before, to, before tonight. Seventh, oh. eighth, eighth. Yeah, he's he's never been good at the pattern challenge. Challenge. Yeah. So it was, was going to be a bit of a disaster anyway. I I did like the fabric he used for the front. Yes, that, I think that's why I've called it Solero. Yes, everything else though was was definitely sad face. Alarming. Yes, uh, Nicole in sixth with a garment I called Dashiki Dreams. <laughs> um, I yeah, I thought it was very clever using something that has an extremely decorative neck and front already, but it does mean that if you go wrong in the collar or wrong in the zip, it's well obvious. It, it's like. Yeah, just a giant, terrible asymmetry. <laughs> a giant honk on the asymmetry klaxon. Yeah, the fashion police definitely come out. Hang on, keep sewing episode six. A honk on the asymmetry klaxon. There we go. Uh, Matt, oh, he went all the way to the 70s for his um, melange of mustard. Um, mm. Mm. What was the I weird like texture of it as well? Yeah, it was a little upsetting. <laughs> I do miss I do miss going on a charity shop binge. Some of these made me feel a bit more nostalgic for charity shop uh, trawling than others, and mm. this one this one made me think of when you go somewhere and it's just seventies polyester and not the good kind. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is a dispiriting, dispiriting feeling. Therese in fourth with Kimono My House. Um, uh, I like this one. Yes. I thought, I thought it was a very good nod to what Esme was wearing. <laughs> mm. um, but also a very good use of the um, embroidered dragon on the back and then tying it in with the pockets on the front like kimono fabrics are actually genuinely quite good if you want to reuse stuff just because of the construction it's large rectangles of fabric i mean the fabric itself might be a bit of a pain to work with i've got a really nice um double sided kimono jacket that my dad bought back from one of his many trips across the world for work uh, and it's lovely but I mean I slide off the sofa in that so mm. I'm not sure I, I would want to like try and put it through a sewing machine <laughs> and it also does feel a little bit sacrilegious to cut a proper vintage kimono up I think if yeah. I was going to do a bit of uh, kimono recycling it might be uh, a naff uh, reproduction one yeah like a knockoff yeah <laughs> Yeah, High just, Street knockoff. Just because I know my track record. Um, in third, Liz. Liz is sort of mainly red one with the with the now legendary scratching flap. <laughs> Amazing. Scratching. I love it when you get just 
insights into uh, Paddy's life. I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll save it for the, when we get to the transformation one, but there, there's more information about him there that I thought was hilarious. <laughs> uh, Claire came second with her rather chic navy one. She now, still wouldn't wear it, though. This is it's interesting, though, because the actual bomber jacket is a 1940s garment. Well, yes, it's a, it's a flight jacket. Yeah. Uh, but I guess... I mean, it wouldn't be something that... A, it's not something that necessarily a woman would have worn unless they were an ATA pilot. Yeah. Um, but and, and she also, would probably I think the fabrics... Worn- the fabrics offended her more than anything else, I feel. Oh, yeah, because she, <laughs> she won't want to deal with a lot of man-made fibres. Um, no. Yeah, because the original bomber jackets would have been in a light leather with a bit of shearling on the collar and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, making it out Shearling of, lined, actually. Making it out of ones. the uh, the very best that CNA had to offer in the 1980s <laughs> isn't the original intent. No, I think she might have worn. I think she might wear a bummer jacket, but not that one. <laughs> yes, um, and Mark won with what I've described as the blue melange, and that was actually a I... really harmonious um, selection of blues, all based around like a sort of. I'm calling it shirt blue. Yeah, I. I mean, I. I was. I was with him until the eye cat. <laughs> That that one lost me a little bit. I just thought that 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 bit of orange just kind of threw me mm. out of the general harmonious nature of it. Um, but it was it was very well done, I thought. But I think we found it with this. We found where Mark lives, and it's with detail-oriented menswear and detail-oriented ladies' work. Because he did do that. Um, he did do the really nice pattern matching on the bustier last week. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was like the one thing that stood out about his bustier. <laughs> oh, I, I do remember. Oh, dear. Yes. So, I, yeah, I think that was basically fair. Um, and, well, let's go on to <laughs> the DeCampo Challenge. <laughs> So if if you enjoyed uh, the first season of Drag Race UK, there was a sewing challenge, which that was a recycling challenge as well, wasn't it? Like yeah, they it was got like a, a boot skip, camp. They got a uh, skip full of car boot type. Yeah. Items. Well, the, I think there was a car actually, full of car boot. Uh yes, a car full of car boot. I don't, Generally, why did I say boot camp. Um, yeah. Boot a camp. Car boot, car boot camp. Uh, generally, about you know a, a cubic meter of trash, and they had to try and turn it into frocks. And um, Yorkshire drag queen Davina De Campo, she Bogged. made this incredible sort of Vivian Westwood, Alexander McQueen, be- slightly Burberry ensemble mm. out of those uh, washing bags and a couple of IKEA bags, and it was just. It was sublime, and this challenge was definitely inspired by that. Uh, I, I reckon Matt was inspired by that a bit as well. Yeah, um, with less success. 
Yeah. Um, so, yes. Matt, let's start with him, with the feathery train gown, again with the disturbing marabou trim. It, it was going so well until he was like, I'm going to put some marabou trim on, at which point I was like, no! <laughs> Do you know, he might have even gotten away with it if the marabou trim had been maroon rather yeah, than or just like, red. Yeah, if it had like blended in better. <laughs> but no, no. It, but like, also, the- it did need a bit more structural. I was like, wait. You could have done, like, a large shoulder bow. Those, those things would have held that shape amazingly. I feel like I was plain. I was missing a power shoulder, but more on that next week, I guess. Yeah. In sixth yeah. place, Mark, with more of his detail-oriented menswear, and I think this is where we started to see exactly what their marking rubric was, which, like... This was good, and it was a functional trench coat, but because it was all one colour and sort of... It had no structure, and they were very clear about that. Yeah, they wanted, they they wanted, wanted something wacky, and this was not wacky. Yeah, they wanted... Well, also, I think they wanted you to... They wanted them to use the structural nature of the plastic to create something that would... Like hold itself basically, which makes um, it confusing that Claire was in fifth with an angular yes. skirt that would also have doubled as an avant-garde light fitting. Yes, um, I wondered if the fact that it didn't really have like a, I felt like maybe it was let down by a lack sort of hem, maybe, like like something at the bottom. It just felt a bit unfinished. It had the structure, it had but it, red... it wasn't very wild. No, it was just kind of... It was structural, and I can't help but think that you'd never be able to sit down while wearing it. Um, no. But if, can we just briefly go back to Mark's? Yes, um, yes, poach, yes. The, the poacher's pocket, where <laughs> Patrick Grant's like, ah, it's for putting your partridge in. Does Paddy go shooting, or does he just go for country walks and pick up roadkill? I prefer I'm, to think I'm, of the latter. Well, I mean, you have your hired, you've got your beaters and your hired guns for the picking up, but um, you don't. <laughs> I'm thinking more like Danny, Danny the champion of the world. Oh, illicit pheasant getting. <laughs> yes, okay. A little bit of a little bit of drunken raisins, <laughs> dropping them in your pitcher's pocket, <laughs> and scarpering. <laughs> I'm sort of thinking about an elaborate system of panniers made out of these bags for each with a pheasant inside and what trouble you're several, in when several the fe- pheasants e- and what trouble you're in when the pheasants start to wake up wake up um, <laughs> Nicole came forth with her slightly wilder take on the trench with the nice um, back to the kimono big kimono style mm. belt yes the obi yes it was very nice. Yeah. I thought that littered it because it was looking a bit yeah until hand. Yeah, uh, Liz came third with something that was described as having an elegant shape. For something made out of a plastic laundry bag, I'll take it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Therese <laughs> came second, and I disagree with this on sort of visual terms, but in terms of their marking rubric, fair enough, so. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't my cup of tea. Would you like to comment on the buttons? 
No, no, I would not like to comment on the buttons because they upset me deeply. Like, it made it look like... Like, it looked like they were supposed to attach to the nipple or something. It made it look like you'd put a romper on backwards. It, it also looked like it was a romper put on backwards and that was, like, the butt-opening flap. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the buttons really upset me in that one. <laughs> and in first place... Uh, Peter's ruched thing, which it didn't have a waist. No, but he doesn't think about things like that. Never mind. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it was like, good structural use, and as dresses went. Yeah, that was it, the best dress that was on offer. Yeah. Although I wouldn't say it was a good dress. Yeah. Whew. After the end of day one. Um, the people who are looking in trouble are Matt and Nicole. So, mm. like, so I am now doing the spreadsheet where day two is worth as much as day one. Yes. Yeah. Which I think we agreed last week was definitely the way forward. Yeah, and everybody else is basically um, like on the same level, and then it's just uh, Matt and Nicole struggling most. Mm. So. We now go on to quite literally sweater dresses. <laughs> oh man! So many. Well, we've been knitting for like the best part of twenty years, Mag. I know it was very upsetting. Um. So there is a thing, right, in knitting called steaking. Which is where you, with the correct preparation and taking and a deep breath a beforehand... very stiff drink. <laughs> and a very stiff drink, you take a pair of uh, dressmaking shears to your knitting. And you could tell who can knit and who's achieved a, a successful steak before. Yes. By who attempted what on their knitwear. And who was surprised that some things were going were unruffling? It was when Mark did the diagonal cut that I just went, "No, <laughs> no, man, no, that's not how it works." <laughs> <laughs> However, um, I right, I'll go through from least successful to most successful. Actually, I can't really do that because there was only two like abject horrors. Horrors. Let's start with Teresa's. That was a horror. Okay. Yeah. Do you think Teresa's quite a conservative sewer? Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, (laughs) And it's a pity because it, as as I kept saying, she had quite an interesting idea to start with, and then she kept chickening out, and then. Going back to it and then checking out again, and in the end, it was just. Um, it was just a it jumper. Was just, it was just a jumper with a kind of, like. Uh, I don't even know how to describe the sleeves where she had like the, the orange poking out, in bits, but you couldn't really see that because it was at the back. Yeah, the the collar was quite nice. I could get quite into a collar like that, but I would prefer it more as interesting construction on a garment I was knitting. Yes. And I also feel like it might have been quite sweaty with the sort of the double layer, double thickness. Yes. 
Peter's uh, attempt, I've described it as a cape too far. <laughs> I, it was just... I, I don't even... What was that? It I was could like, see what he could see in his head. And, like, you could see the original sketch. And, like, he'd clearly gone wild in the aisles in the charity shops. Yeah, and then in Brighton you're going to find plenty of wild in the aisle things. Um... Uh, and then it just didn't quite come together. And then he, I feel like, oh, they went and told him basically, what are you doing with the sleeves? Yeah. And he went, oh no, I quite like that. And sometimes like when they say when they I, point when they point these things out, it's not a rhetorical question. It's a anvil of a hint being dropped. Yeah. On your foot. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. It was also, a he kept too measuring far. on himself, and he had his model right there. I was like, what are you doing, man? Peter, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Mark tried so hard, and I felt so sad for him put, cutting up his little piano oh, jumper. Oh, his little childhood piano jumper. Oh. So I, I, was like, I was like, don't sacrifice it. You clearly love it. And I don't think your idea is going to Is that good? The love. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it, Mark's one reminded me of so um, you know you go through a knitting pattern stash say maybe at your knitting group there's a sort of a communal stash of old knitting magazines and sometimes mm-hmm. you hit absolute pay dirt and you get an early 90s one from when there was literally no limit to what you could build into the fabric of a jumper <laughs> Mark's Mark's one had that aesthetic. Um, yes. And if if you want to go and look at that, I did a thread on Twitter with all of the uh, jumpers from the first issue of a German knitting magazine called Nina, which astonishing By stuff. Any any chance from the same publishing house that does Berda? It felt very Berda if Berda was a knitwear jumper. Um. And, and in the better. 90s, and with lots of unwise embellishment and lots of hairspray and shoulder pads. The yes. the shoulder pads are closing in on us, Meg. What are we going to do? No. <laughs> um, I shall arm myself with my dressmaking shoes. <laughs> Liz's one, I really liked that. Um, I feel yes. like I have had that exact dress in uh, my shopping basket on the Joe Brown's website before or like possibly uh, seen it in a desigual window and gone do I? You know actually when I was watching it I did think this looks like an Ellie dress Yes I really liked it Hey hey we've been joined by a wild Millie a wild Millie oh. appears <laughs> Oh Hi <laughs> How are you doing Emily? Has there been trouble at Mill? Uh not trouble, just just lots to do. Emily is quite literally um, working at a flour mill now, a heritage flour mill. Yep, milling stone ground water powered organic flowers in the heart of South Yorkshire to to provide uh, the means of sourdough production to the people. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> to yeah. The masses. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, a, it's do you know it's excellent do you know it, do, it does sound like fun it is yes. but it's also 
like hard work <laughs> it involves a lot of cleaning at the end of the day so we just mm. we basically already got on to jumper frocks emily That's have you got any, have you got anything to add from day one uh day one i really liked claire's bomber jacket a lot would would 100 wear that it was getting into sort of harrington jacket territory wasn't it yeah that that pattern is very harrington and i do love a harrington um, um, anything on the Davina de Campo bin bag challenge? Cripes. That's quite um, enough on that. Uh, <laughs> jumper frocks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I like them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've literally walked in, like loaded up the laptop, <laughs> just jumped straight in. All right. Well, um, how about we will we just started talking about Liz's dress with the angular purple and the the very emotive um, little bit of purple cardigan. I oh, hope oh. Liz's model is a relatively similar size to Liz so that Liz can enjoy wearing uh, the angular purple emotive cardigan gown. Yes. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yes. her face when she was cutting into it and you just thought, oh, no, my heart breaks for you, actually. Why did people bring in the meaningful knits? I know. This is just like when Mark and her was there, I was like, well, why did you bring them in then? Because because they wanted to create some drama in the entertainment programme, I guess. Yeah, um, I suppose. But let's go on to Claire's puffin dress, which was an absolute masterpiece. What was that pattern? That is that's quite a famous vintage pattern, that isn't it? I've definitely seen the thing with the sunray uh, inserts yes, before. And I yes. cannot put my finger on it, but it did it make me think of Kate of Davis's uh, puffin jumper. Yeah, who's the puffin jumper by? In fact, we do have some uh, knitwear recommendations to pass on uh, because uh, Claire was wearing um, a Susan Crawford sunray sweater from a stitch in time so it is kind uh, the, the puffin is by kate davis and it's from the uh one book i don't seem to have <laughs> um but it's definitely from one of her uh knitting books look it up on Rav. separately look it up on Rav. Uh, but i think claire succeeded because she didn't think about her jumpers as old jumpers which sort of Mark's and Matt's and Peter's designs relied on the jumpers being jumpers. She just treat them as big rectangles of X fabric. Yeah. Also, I think she managed to bring in very similar fabrics. Because a lot of the others had quite a range from like machine knit, like yeah, really fine machine knit to, to like on. big chunky um strands of yarn knit um yeah i think if you if you were sort of canny about it and you knew you were going to go into a dressmaking challenge what you would want is a big bag of very lightly felted or slightly badly washed lamb's wool vintage jumpers yeah or or even just the same weight of like modern machine knit yeah um, she was very canny about that. 
Yes. And I feel like they were a bit mean because some of the other some of the other dressers got away with some absolute horror shows and yet they were I suppose I suppose they were grading on a curve a little bit because she was going for a very much existing pattern rather than a melange. I've said melange mm. a lot this episode. Um so I suppose they were grading her more as if it was a pattern challenge than an invention challenge. Yeah. I mean of of all of them there's really only sort of like maybe three that I would actually wear and they all looked like actual dresses. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um and now we come to the garments of the week. Matt's hanky hem snow queen. Yeah. I I did like it. I thought it was a very good use of like a jumper's the bodice. Yeah. And then I could see what he was going for. It was a bit nightmare before Christmas, but Sally. Uh, if you didn't before Christmas. To, if you didn't have to make it out of all sorts of old jumpers or if you could choose uh like if if he'd have had like a few different Lurex mm. Lurex Polo necks or something uh, that he could have made into the hanky hem, I could have got behind it. And I Sorry, wouldn't have been sad to see the house. a load of Lorex polo necks get chopped up. Oh my god, it's actually outside my house. Sorry, ice cream van. Quite jolly in the it's distance. Pl- <laughs> it's playing music, so it must have run out. Shall we cream. stop doing this and I'll go and get some ice cream? <laughs> oh. oh. Um, but it, it, it upset me how much Esme liked Matt's one. I, that is you a very know, sometimes the heart just wants what it wants. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. a trendy sort of shape, though, isn't it? Like, it's the sort of shape that I see in certain shops in uh, when shops were open and full of stock. Um, in town with fancy, lovely, drapey things that I always put on and go, I, I, don't, I don't feel like a grown-up enough to wear this. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but but the absolute triumph of it all was Nicole's wearable sunshine. Yes. <laughs> Which yes. I think the reason why I was so cross with Esme for liking Matt's one was she said that Nicole's was a bit high street. As if that was... A bad thing? Uh, like, as if making a wearable garment that like people would pick up is a bad thing. Yeah, like like it like people would be wanting to produce in large numbers for lots of people to buy and actually wear. That's not a bad thing at all. I mean, there's a huge amount of difference between them that's bespoke made for you and Couture, uh, which is normally not really wearable by anyone. And there is nothing wrong with Pret-a-Porter. Both clearly have their place, obviously, and the absolute, you know, the theatre of Hawktour and hand embellishment and slightly unwearable things. (laughs) Like, is art, but is it wearable sunshine? And and certainly in a challenge where you're meant to be reducing and reusing and stuff, you know, making things that are wearable is I thought a kind of major part of that 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, Hell, you could only exactly wear that dress tone. in the winter. Um, and then you'd have to, like, I don't know, like, pannier it up so that it didn't drape through the slush. So, yeah, I it's definitely not a practical dress. think that it's really easy, particularly as we're all sewers or, and, like, knitters and creators, not everything that we want to wear, we don't always want it to be a statement. Like, yeah. it's lovely to create something that is a statement that people are going to go, oh my God, that's amazing, did you make that? And that's lovely. But sometimes you actually just want to throw something on and it not be a big deal. And when you can, in your head, go, oh, I made this out of stuff that I was otherwise going to get rid of. That's a lovely feeling. I don't know if I've expressed that very well. Oh no, yeah, when no, the, when when you're wearing something that you've made and nobody knows that you made it. Yeah. Yeah, no one. That's like. Yeah, and you're you've, confident enough to not have to go. I made this. Is it good? I made this. Is it all right? Do I look daft? Just just like for it, something to be so stealth that it could have been picked up on the high street. That's like. Almost a bit of a holy grail. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. The I don't know why I've suddenly thought about this on the hottest day of the year so far, uh, but <laughs> do you remember there was that Guardian article about whether it's ever acceptable to wear black opaque tights? Oh God, that article made me so mad. I think uh, that that was it's why it's always acceptable to wear them. Well, like so, Matt's dress takes taxis and never wears tights even when it's cold whereas Nicole's dress wears some hundred deniers and gets on with it yeah yeah like the, the special like the marks and sparks like heat generating or or some uh <laughs> some of the brightly colored snags I think Nicole might be in for those yes yeah. like although I do I do love the uh Marks and Spencer's merino wool tights they're lovely uh, actually, I'm making myself feel sweaty <laughs> talking about yeah, no, them. And the retailers I'm, are available. I was, um. I was already a bit warm from cleaning the mill, and now I just feel horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in the end, Peter went home. Fine. Hooray! Um, sorry. <laughs> Have you? Hey, it was nearly Therese, though. It was very uh, nearly Therese. Therese. Uh, well, are you going to acknowledge your moment of hubris on the uh, pod chat? Uh, yeah, which I then deleted. Um, In hope that none of us have noticed, but we yeah. had. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Sorry. I was just feeling really depressed during the sweater dress challenge and went, oh, watch Peter go and win the whole thing now. <laughs> I wouldn't be your little sister if I didn't point that out. No. Um, but See, I got to the WhatsApp chat late and only saw Ellie has deleted I, I saw it, and then I and then I saw that you deleted it before I'd watched the programme. And Emily knew what the score was. <laughs> I, I suspected, yeah. And and but it was amazing because at the at the pattern, sorry, at the um, middle. Oh my God, what's the middle challenge called? The Davina de Campo challenge. That the one, transformation. Yeah. Transformation challenge. At the point when they were judging that, and they skirted over Claire's amazing skirt that because it was too neat and I was furious because actually that was the most not like that looked like an actual 
reasonable garment. But they passed over it because it looked too neat or whatever. Mm. And and I, I could see the moment that you'd sent that message. Yeah, just sort of <laughs> on the sofa, hammering out the, the, te- the WhatsApp rage. in rage. Because um. it was just, like, their reasoning for passing over, like, what, that amazing uh, tulip skirt that Liz had done and that equally amazing structural skirt that Claire had done. So, yeah, I can totally see why you sent the message. I, uh, anyway, no? he's gone now. No? Okay, he's, he's gone. gone he's, he's gone. gone. Um, and I'm a bit worried about Therese though. Yeah, Therese isn't making it till the end. No, I think the axe is falling next week unless she really pulls it out of the bag. Well, it happens. Not everybody's into Therese. I noticed. Yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit um. I can't believe Matt's just sort of quietly, competently got through to this stage. Yeah, I can't believe he's not made me really angry yet. Actually. Anyway, um, watch out for the quiet ones. Uh, what are you up to this weekend? Uh, non-exciting things like pressure washing my deck, which I suspect is mostly held together by the moss. Is that a euphemism? So, no. No, it's not. I've got to restain the damn thing. Um, but I suspect it's held together by the moss, so it might just come apart. What are you up to, Emily? I don't really know yet. I'm just... I- Remain indoors. Remain indoors, yeah. Or in your garden. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm in Scotland where I will be, after a harrowing trip to Asda this afternoon, attempting to remain indoors. Woohoo! Mm. Okay, so that was fun. That was an episode of the Keep Dancing Sewing Podcast. And that was me, your host, Ellie. That was Meg. Yep, goodbye. And Millie. Bye bye. And goodbye to you. Remain indoors and keep sewing. <laughs>